0: Everybody say it with me, it's the Fallout from All Out. Let's talk about it. What's going on everybody, it's your buddy, it's your pal, Phoenix, the YWC Reality with Shock Horror, your September 8th, 2021 AEW Dynamite Review. Now, if you were listening to the all-out preview, uh, the plan was that this was going to be a me and Guapo thing. Uh, Unfortunately, Guapo not able to join me tonight. Possibly joining me for the Rampage review on Friday, so here's hoping. And, yeah, wasn't expecting to be doing this solo, so I'm going to kind of be going off the cuff. Ha ha ha. Shout out to my other series. Um, I'm going to talk about Dynamite. T- haven't talked about Dynamite on this channel yet. You guys know if you've been following I've been doing the Rampage reviews because it's a nice concise little one hour of wrestling and hey it happened to be where CM Punk debuted so that didn't hurt us either. I'm uh, gonna treat this sort of the same way if I have to do it by myself. Uh not gonna break it down like I break down NXT. We don't need to talk about NXT right now. We're gonna cry about that. We're gonna talk with Jake about uh, where Rainbow NXT is going to take us, we're going to do that on another night, but uh, as you guys have known, if you've watched me doing the Rampage reviews, it's basically, here's the segment, here's what I thought, here's the segment, here's what I thought, as opposed to the, you know, they did this, and then they did this, and then they did this. Now, I've, in the past, had a couple people say really nice things about me doing things that way, Uh, Joe Cronin, um, Good uh, good Mike Work, just just to name two of them. Can't do it on AEW, because if I did that, I would be here until next Wednesday. Now, that's a, that's a shout-out to the style that they wrestle. That's a shout-out to uh, how fast-paced the show is. And it's a shout-out to me being really lazy, because let's be real, it's 10 after 10, and I have to get up in like 8 hours and go to work. So we started off the show with some quick highlights from, from All Out. All Out, I could stay here all night and tell you how great All Out was. But it's one of those things, if you didn't watch All Out, go watch All Out, and if you did watch All Out, you know how great it is, and everybody under the sun, from Good Mike Work, to The Joe Cronin Show, to What Culture, to everybody else, has already talked to death how good that show was. The the double reveal at the end was just... I don't even know. I'm a fan of Adam Cole, I've come around to being a fan of Daniel Bryan, you guys know in the early days I couldn't stand him, and now it's completely the opposite. The way they did the double reveal at the end of All Out was Tony Khan and the rest of AEW throwing their dick up on the table. Let's be real, let's be honest, and honestly all the power to them for that. Now we got two things to talk about really, really quickly before we uh, start. One's really good, and that's that Excalibur wasn't on commentary tonight because apparently he's getting married in a couple of days, so shout out to him. All, uh, all good and happy returns to him and, and his partner. But also dominating Twitter today was the the news that Triple H was out of the hospital, and he had had a mild some some kind of mild cardiac episode, and that's not cool. And as much as I'm here to pump up AEW because I thought this was a really good show, we're on a high coming out of all out. There's a lot of AEW people out there that are like being really really weird about a guy. Having an actual like cardiac event that put them in the hospital because they happen to be on the other show. That's weird. People like I I I talk a lot of shit. I talk shit about the show. I talk shit about creative. I talk shit about characters, and I talk shit about all that kind of thing. Don't be wishing actual harm on people. Don't. That's not good. It's not a good look. As uh, as I'm probably going to be talking more about AEW in the next little bit, like. That doesn't that doesn't throw the show in a good light. That doesn't show the 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 company in a good light. That doesn't put the other fans in a good light. And don't get me wrong, it's absolutely true the other way as well. I, for an example, right off the top of my head, because it uh, it has to do with the first match we're going to talk about. I can't stand Cody Rhodes. I don't wish any harm on him and Brandy and their family. I mean, I really hope he doesn't blow up his dog with the pyro. But we we don't need to talk about that, do we? Speaking of Cody Rhodes, his big brother took on Malachi Black in the first match, and let's be real: um, as much as Dusty Rhodes, sorry Dustin Rhodes, should not be able to do the awesome athletic things that he does in uh, at the at the stage of life that he's in, and I'm and I'm saying that in a complimentary fashion. The fact that he's still able to pull off a Canadian Destroyer. Is ridiculous, but it means he's also got the built-in sympathy from the fans or whatever. And when he does start getting his ass handed to him, the crowd really, really sinks into it. I will say they made a—I think they made a little bit of a mistake in this match when he started trading kicks with Malachi Black, and it was sort of like an even, like one-for-one type thing. The reason I say that is because his finisher is the Black Mass or whatever they're calling the Black Mass in AEW. That means his finisher is a kick. Now that goes for the Young Bucks, that goes for somebody like a Shawn Michaels, that goes for somebody like a Sheamus, that goes for somebody like a Drew McIntyre. If your finisher is a kick, and yes, it's it's different, it's a it's a spin kick, it's a whatever uh, martial art that he's into kick, and it's not just trading boots with somebody, don't show your opponent as being equal at you in the kicking game because you're not going to fall to one of their kicks and at the end of the match they are going to fall to one of yours that really doesn't that really doesn't work at one point he um reaches under the ring and he brings out cody's boot and we, we come to the other part of this that i really can't stand which is malachi black took out cody rhodes took out in tight air quotes so that cody rhodes could go do the go big show on the one hand, that doesn't hurt my feelings at all. He's going off, he's branching out, you know, if I ha- if I can be happy for guys like CM Punk when he tried MMA, for The Rock when he went to Hollywood, for Jericho when he went and made a band or whatever, I can be happy for Cody Rhodes, that he's gone off and done other TV things. Him and Brandy Rhodes are doing their own cheaper version of Miz and Mrs., are they not? But the problem with that is, is you get the people that like Cody Rhodes... That will talk to somebody like me who finds him a bit obnoxious and say, well, you should be happy, like, they took him out, they wrote him out of the storyline, he's going to be gone for a while, but he really hasn't. The problem being is this started with him attacking Cody Rhodes, and then he took Cody Rhodes out in his first match oh my god, Cody Rhodes, Cody Rhodes put him over, Cody Rhodes made him look like a million bucks, no, Cody Rhodes sucked up the spotlight of Malachi Black's first match in AEW, got taken out, and he'll get another triumphant return uh, to take on Malachi Black, and probably beat him at the end of the day, and that's how the story's gonna go, but in the meantime, yeah, Cody Rhodes is off TV, but the the Cody Rhodes story is just done with surrogates, Um, when... Malachi Black kicks the head off uh, Lee Johnson, that's really Cody Rhodes when he kicks the head off of uh, Brock Anderson, that's really Cody Rhodes when he kicks the head off Dusty Dustin Rhodes, I'm going to stop doing that, I promise uh, that's really Cody Rhodes when he kicks the head off old-ass Arn Anderson after kicking him in the nuts, that's really Cody Rhodes, so it's not giving us the break we need I will say, that aside my, my issues with the creative aside great match, great uh, Great person to put Malachi Black over because Dustin Rhodes doesn't lose anything by losing. Crowd loves him. He builds the exact kind of sympathy you want to build for somebody that's a psychopath like... Uh, I'm going to stop calling him Alistair Black. Malachi Black. And it all works. The Black Mass was a little bit botched. I think it kicked him in the shoulder or whatever. But you know what? That's a nitpick. I don't really care. We see in the back the Lucha Brothers. They are celebrating their, their new reign as the tag team champions. The cage match was insane. What else do you want me to say? Super kicks with thumbtack shoes and and so on and so forth. Again, I like the shoe spot. I like the thumbtack spot with the shoes. Here is my problem. AEW is getting credit for revitalizing the idea of the cage match, and of course the very first cage match was Cody Rhodes. Uh, but I like their cage. I like the fact that it's basically a sleeve that sits over the ring rather than something that just rests on the apron. It gives it a little bit of a different dynamic. I think it's got a little bit more flex to it, and it's taller, and it doesn't have a roof, and it allows for all the high-flying shenanigans that AEW brings. The problem being is when you have a rivalry, that's like, oh my god, this rivalry is so... It's so mind-blowing, and it's so explosive, we gotta put it in a steel cage. The steel cage is the weapon. If you in that match, need to introduce another weapon, then you are watering down the effectiveness of it being a cage match, because the whole idea of the cage match is that the cage is supposed to be, it's not, you know, the extreme elimination chamber, it's not war games where everybody brings everything from soup to nuts to the ring, like, the cage is supposed to be the thing. Now, again, nitpicking, that match on Sunday was phenomenal, you guys know what I think about the Bucks, um, I think they're obnoxious most of the time, um, I think I think their fans are more obnoxious than they are, to be fair, I think their fans are just under Sasha Banks fans, uh, as far as obnoxious is, now, another shot in the arm for aew is they've got Kira Hogan aka better sasha banks um but they're celebrating in the back they've got the titles and and so on and so forth they're basically celebrating with uh I can never pronounce his name probably it's uh, Alex Abrejantes, I think somebody tell me down in the box below then we switch from that to another video package of both Eddie Kingston and miro bragging slash bitching about the results of that match you know um, talking about how God doesn't have favorites and that whole thing, the 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 religious aspect of the Miro character is still strange to me. I love Miro once the bell rings. There's so many characters that are the other way around. There are so many characters that I love the the character. I love the promo skills. I love the 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 drama and the storytelling and all that. And then they go in the ring and kind of have a bland match. Miro, uh, as as Wapo and I talked about in the in the all-out preview, is kind of the opposite. Where it's like he was doing the video game shtick and the and the Gucci disney pajamas and all that then he'd go in the ring and have an awesome match now he's doing this you know god's favorite redeemer whatever fucking eddie kingston with the redeem nuts shirt was great so they're gonna have a rematch at some point it's probably gonna be at arthur ash from what i'm hearing from what people are speculating and i have no problem with that whatsoever because those guys a those guys kicked the shit out of each other and b that was a great choice as the kickoff match for that show i'm not gonna lie i didn't watch the five on five on the on the actual like kickoff buy-in, whatever they call it. Because I just There's people in that match that I like, but I just couldn't care. And I'm gonna I'm gonna be blunt about that because you guys have heard me for a long time now talk about WWE, NXT, and all that. There's stuff that I love, and there's stuff that I just don't care about, and there's not very much in between. That is even more so in AEW as we're gonna get to going forward. CM Punk comes out. And I think they have to dial back on CM Punk, because just, they did it with Sting. It's like, we're going to get this match next week, and this match next week, and this match next week, and Sting's going to be here. So he's going to talk for a bit, and that's fine. I really don't want them to do that to CM Punk. They've gone about four weeks now, and, okay, he just had his first match. I'm glad he got to come out and talk about how great it was to have his first match. From here going forward, I don't know how much you want to saturate him into the show. People want to see him. I get it. I really do. But if you saturate him in, he's going to become just one of the guys very quickly. And I like CM Punk. I don't want him to be just one of the guys. He comes out. He thanks Darby. He thanks Sting. He thanks the fans. He talked about, you know, he didn't know what Sunday was going to be like. And it was just like riding a really violent bike. He puts over Mox versus uh, Suzuki, which is going to be the main event tonight. He puts over the debuts of Ruby, Cole, Danielson. He puts over AJ Lee, obviously. And then he starts talking about what's next, and he asks the crowd what's next, and then you hear somebody pick up a microphone, and it always takes half a second because you're, you're hearing him on commentary, and then he picks up a microphone, but it was Taz, And he says, like, basically, you know, time to talk all the bullshit, love fest, and, you know, congratulations, you came back, and you had a match, and you happened to win, you know, take Team Taz's name out of your mouth, and it's, and he just looks at him, and he he doesn't, it's not even a promo, he just looks up the rampway, and he's like, nope, nobody said anything about Team Taz, but then he goes on to say, well, keep, keep, keep us out of your mouth, and he just calls them all out by name, he calls out Hobbs, he calls out Stark, he calls out Hook, who hasn't done anything, now, I've said this before, I don't watch Dark, I don't watch Dark Elevation. I firmly believe that a a wrestling company shouldn't give you homework. Uh, Has Hook done anything on Dark? Has Hook done anything on Dark Elevation? Or is he just there as this really extended Goldberg-esque take your kid to work day thing? I'm sure he's going to do something cool at some point, but hasn't done it yet. Calls them all out by name, says, send down Hook, send down Starks, send down Hobbs, and then he does the whole, Taz, beat me if you can, survive if I let you, and it just sets off Taz, and Taz grumps on commentary for a little bit, and we call it a day, we call it a promo, he also shouted out, now, I don't know whether it was Brian Pillman's mom or Brian Pillman's wife, Uh, but in the crowd just telling her that, you know, she's an angel, and he saw the Dark Side of the Ring, and she's a great person, and Roddy Roddy Raw, I haven't seen Dark Side of the Ring, I know they're good, I've heard they're good, there are people in this house that have told me how good Dark Side of the Ring is, and I just, I haven't, I haven't gotten a chance to watch it, but also, I don't want to just watch wrestling and be bummed, and I feel like if I start watching the Dark Side of the Ring documentaries, it's... I'm just gonna be watching wrestling and being bummed, and I don't really want that. So the Pillman stuff, even though I like Pillman back in the day when he was there, he was part of the Heart Foundation, all that sort of thing. I don't wanna be bummed. I don't wanna hear about like the worst parts of this person's life that entertained me. I wanna show me a highlight reel. Show me a like a best of Brian Pillman matches and whatever. Don't show me the inevitable spiral and downfall. Like, that's not fun for me. Um but. Punk, being the respectful guy that he is, did pay her some respect, and then later on in the night we find out that the girl next to her is Brian Pillman's daughter, and that'll factor into other things. Later on we see a video package from Ortiz and Santana talking about how they beat FTR last week on Dynamite, which I really think should have been on the pay-per-view. We didn't need to have the weird 10-man tag. We didn't need to have the Paul White match. Um, Now I'm glad they put the, the Casino Battle Royal on the card, Casino Battle Royal was initially supposed to be on the kickoff, and it was supposed to be. Consider how long the Casino Battle Royal is as a match concept. Uh, I'm pretty sure it would have been most of the kickoff. You wouldn't have had that 10-person tag, and you still would have had a gap on the main show. You could have put that match on pay-per-view. Uh, I'm just about done talking about what's his name, uh, whatever, whatever Dash's new name is. The the arm injury, the muscle, and and seeing shots of the muscle. I'm pretty much done with that. That was a great match. I'm pretty sure they've got another one in them. I'm pretty sure they have a pay-per-view level match in them. But right now they say we beat FDR. Basically, we got that we got that leech off our back, and now we're focused on everybody else. And then we see Ruby Riot in the back getting interviewed. She's got a match with Jamie Hader tonight because she put out an open challenge. Obviously, it was uh, answered by Jamie Hayter, and she's interrupted by Britt Baker, and Ruby gives us a short history on how she helped bring Britt Baker into the business, and Britt tells her she should go back to catering, where she's been the past four years, so there you go, check it off your AEW bucket list, we got one of our WWE shots in for the night, Powerhouse Hobbs takes on Dante Martin, and folks, I couldn't be paid to give a fuck, I used to really really be into powerhouse Hobbs and then they made him feel like fourth or fifth on the totem pole of a faction that doesn't even have four or five people anymore. He's still he's still a great athlete. He's still a big guy, goes in there, does his thing, whatever. Dante Martin is one of a million people on the AEW roster that can fly around and do super athletic shit. But hey, the, uh, the armband on his arm keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger, and I'm not saying that's why he's getting a lot of TV time right now, but I'm not saying it's not why he's getting a lot of TV time right now. Powerhouse Hobbs hits a... It's a spinebuster, but it almost has the impact of a powerbomb, is, is what I'll say about that. The guy is impressive. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that either one of these guys are not impressive. Uh, Powerhouse Hobbs is obviously impressive. Uh, what's his name? Dante Martin, also very impressive. Also very impressive in his tag team with his brother question uh, mark, I don't know what happened to his brother slash tag team partner, somebody can tell me down in the box below, somebody who watches Dark and Dark Elevation probably knows exactly what happened to him, I don't, because I don't have a reason to invest, yes, he's a great athlete, yes, he does super high-flying, athletic, agile stuff, but you're an AEW, that's 90% of the roster, and that's of the roster that's bigger than you, that's 90% of the roster that's stronger than you, that's 90% of the roster that has more character than you, more character development than you, more story than you, more investment than you. You're the best of the worst as far as grabbing my attention, which really, really sucks. They put on very, very passable, it did its job to fill some time match, I don't know what to tell you, Dan Lambert cuts a promo about how everybody sucks, and basically, without saying it, he says, oh, good, on Sunday, AEW picked up a couple more vanilla midgets, which is great, and then, Matt Hardy, oh, Jesus, I used to love the Hardys, Matt Hardy wants to cut uh, Orange Cassidy's hair, because this feud must continue, and Orange Cassidy says, yeah, whatever, I, For all the respect that I have for the Hardy Boys, please take Matt Hardy off TV for a little bit. That's all I got. MJF comes out and does exactly what you could expect him to do from Sunday until now. Exactly what you knew was going to happen. He got screwed. He got, you know, the match was restarted. The match was never supposed to be restarted. A referee's decision is supposed to be final. Everybody's biased against me because they wish they could be me. And then just a slew of stuff that I'm not even going to repeat pretty, pretty, pretty vile stuff towards the entire Pillman family, and he calls, he calls Brian Pillman Jr.'s sister Roseanne at some point, and then he calls her 16 and pregnant, which is weird and whatever, and they have a, they have a back and forth, and MJF says it right at the beginning, he says, you are gonna come out here and try to keep up on the microphone with MJF, and then the rest of that segment goes goes on to prove him right. He just sort of owns him, and Brian Pillman tries to be a badass, and it kind of doesn't work, and eventually Griff Garrison gets down to the ring, and they get owned by Wardlow and MJF. And I will say, I like MJF. MJF is sort of discount Ben Miz, but it's fine. Uh, his promos are great, usually. This was some some try-hard Howard Stern shit. Like, he, he always says vulgar shit, right? Like, he always says, like, the most offensive things that can come to his mind or whatever. But, like, I mean, you should always try, but he really sounded like he was trying in this promo, if that makes sense. Doesn't mean it wasn't great. Doesn't mean it wasn't impactful. It had all the impact that he wanted to. He said, all the, he said all the naughty things, and the crowd went ooh and ah when they were supposed to ooh and ah. I just... For the first time in a while, for, a, the, for the first time I can think of... For an MJF promo slash beginning to a storyline, it felt a bit forced. That's just, uh, I mean, there were swallowing jokes, there were abortion jokes, which uh, which is a bit rough. I, I'm going to love to see Twitter tomorrow. Um, like I say, there's jokes about his sister being Roseanne and being pregnant and you know if if your mom hadn't swallowed a bunch of other people there could have been 10 million second generation stars just like you and I was just I, I don't know I, I, I can see where they were going with it and this is the this is the credit that I'll give it I can see where they were going with it and it did what it was supposed to do but it was a like like I say it's not something I usually say about MJF it was really try hard and I didn't think I'd ever say that about MJF I'm not going to lie the debut of Ruby Soho, which is awesome. I popped Ruby Soho on Sunday, I'm not gonna lie. Even though, that's the thing about AEW, in a sense. And here's, I'll give them a big credit, right? Because with WWE, they have surprises every now and then, and most of them are leaked. And, oh, wouldn't it wouldn't it have been so cool if I didn't know that that was coming? All the surprises that AEW has done in the past little while, everybody's known about them, and it hasn't hurt them. Now they had a problem debuting people, like the, we always go back to the debut of The Butcher and the Blade, and it's like, huh, debut of The Dark Order, huh, debut of Matt Hardy wasn't for everybody, including Tony Khan, apparently, um, the debut of Christian was met with mixed reaction only because we thought it was going to be other people, the debut of Ethan Page sort of went over like a wet fart. Um, obviously, Ruby Soho, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, I'm gonna have to get used to calling him Brian Danielson, and Adam Cole are bigger names that are immediately gonna pop up onto your screen, but, I don't know, everybody knew. Like, by the time Sunday rolled around, everybody knew that it was gonna be Ruby Soho, and it still got the pop. They got the music, you know, Tony Khan's out there with the big, the big, uh, bank book or whatever he's got. He got the actual Ruby Soho music, which is fine. show facing Jamie Hayter, the match did what it was exactly what it was supposed to do, and here's the only comparison I'm going to make to WWE NXT this week because we had a very similar situation on NXT this week. I'm going to, like I say, I'm going to talk with Jake at some point towards the end of this week about NXT and where NXT is going and R.I.P. NXT, but um, it was the debut of Kaylee Ray as a as a as a star on NXT proper as opposed to visiting from NXT UK. And they put her in there against Ember Moon, who's in the spot where she's been a former champion. She we know she's solid. She just got out of a of a tag team situation where she was a champion. And she did the great job of putting Kaylee Ray over. And I think the same thing happened here. Like Jamie Hayter, I don't know much about Jamie Hayter, but the match was solid. Ruby Soho went in there, got all of her stuff in, as they say. Um there's a good spot here where Jamie Hader like tripped her and she landed throat first on the first rope and then tripped her immediately again and it hit on the third rope. I'm sure there's some sort of word or terminology for that. I don't know what it is. Whatever. Uh, Ruby Soho gets the obvious win. She's just debuting. This is her first. I mean, she debuted in the battle royal, but this is her first one-on-one match. It's her first match on Dynamite. Her Dynamite debut, however you want to phrase it. She wins. She wins with um, with uh, what do you call it? the, uh, what is, what is Dakota Kai called? The the go-to-kick, or whatever it's called. I'm sure she has another name for it. But she wins with that, because the problem with her always getting jobbed on WWE is I didn't know what the fuck her finisher was, among other things. But she gets the win. Baker and Rebel and Jamie Hader beat the fuck out of her three-on-one. Riho comes down to make the save to absolutely no effect, and then Statlander comes down with the chair chases the rest of them off and Ruby Soho really selling the neck injury and whatever she literally like pops the chair open and sits in it while the three of them are standing victorious in the ring now there was a moment in this match where it's either a new move that she tried to pull off that didn't come off like a new move or it was a horrible botch I really don't know which one it was she went for sort of a poison Rana and then paused and then sort of rolled sideways into a Face Buster, but it just looks like a Poison Rana that kind of fell apart at the seams. Gave it... You know, you never you never want to say that somebody should get hurt. We'll talk about that in the main event as well. Um, you never want to say anybody should get hurt, but it gave you that anxiety for the last couple of moments of the match where you like, I'm really, really enjoying this, but also did one of them just break their neck and whatever. Um... It's gonna be good. Uh, it's it's announced later on in the night that this Friday on Rampage, which I'm gonna de- I'm gonna be reviewing, not debuting. Words words are important. Uh, either by myself or with Guapo. Where there's gonna be a trio match. It's gonna be Baker and her cronies taking on Riho, Ruby Soho, and Statlander. Which that's gonna be a lot of fun. Along with we are finally getting on Andrade versus Pac, which is which is gonna be which is gonna be really good. Um, Starks and Cage have a a video package, and it's the two of them talking about how they're sick of fighting each other, and I just sort of sat there and nodded my head, and I'm like, yep, because I don't care about you guys fighting either, it's weird, Ricky Starks is going to go off and do other things, Brian Cage is weird, he's really weird, I don't know where to... The guy's a specimen, don't get me wrong, and in the right sort of situation, uh, he could be really good but I don't know where to put him on the roster right now, which just makes him stick out like a sore thumb. I don't want to see these guys fight again. They're gonna fight again. I, it's probably gonna be at the Arthur Ashe show, isn't it? Um, the Arthur Ashe show is b- building up to be a pretty good thing. The Arthur Ashe show is where Daniel Bryan, Brian Danielson, sorry, was supposed to debut, and then they did it at All Out instead, so we're gonna see what the big thing is gonna be at Arthur Ashe. Now, rumor... And if it was confirmed on the show, I didn't catch it. The rumor is the rematch between... Uh, oh, why can't I think? The rumor is the match between Miro and uh, Kingston is going to be at the Arthur Ashe show. And if that's where they flip the title over, then that's good. I'm okay with that. Um, AEW loves themselves some trios matches, don't they? F- FTR and Sean Spears taking on Uno, Grayson, and Silver. Now... I don't care about the match, because the match is is six fine wrestlers doing fine wrestling. I mean, Johnny Hungy is always good. Uno and Grayson are are what they are. Uh, FTR just got off of that great match with Santana and Ortiz, and now they're doing this. Sean Spears is universally and infinitely underutilized, in my personal opinion, but we might be fixing that shortly. Uh, Anna J and uh, Tay Conte in the back, whipping the Dark Order back into shape because they're all in big disagreements they're all having internal squabbles because of what happened with Hangman Page uh, Triple Team gets the win for the pinnacle and the Dark Order fight again afterwards and the girls come out and try to fix everything. When Anna J made her return just before All Out and then announced that she was going to be in the in the Casino Battle Royal, I figured at some point she would have some sort of joining factor to get the Dark Order back on track. And I don't know whether this makes any sense, right? And I don't want to say that we need to base everything on the passing away of Brody Lee, which I don't think we do. But after Brody Lee passed away and Brody Jr. was part of the show so much, they really did show that he had a special connection with Anna J. So Anna J. is sort of like grandfathered in as this character that you could believe would bring the group back together. Does that make any sense? She's already brought her tag team back together with Tay Conte, which is great. Tay Conte and Anna Jay, at some point on this show that I didn't write down because I'm special, they called out uh, The Bunny and Penelope Ford, which is apparently a tag team now, which is fine in a division that doesn't have tag team titles. It's fine. Um... We see a video package of all the women that were in the Casino Battle Royale reacting to the Battle Royale. Now, Ruby Soho wasn't in this video package, and she's the one that won. So it's a bunch of people talking about the match, and all of them lost the match, so I don't know. But also, gotta love technical difficulties. Anyways, where was I? Yes, the video package of all the women that didn't win the Battle Royale talking about the battle royal. Now, there's two things wrong with this. If you're going to have all the women that were in the battle royal talking about the battle royal, you should at least have the winner capping it off at the end as, like, hey, all these ones are just talking shit. Here I am as the winner. But also, you could have done this video package about the battle royal before the match that debuted Ruby Soho, you know, the one that won the Battle Royale. So I thought that was a bit strange. And then what's even stranger is uh, Tully Blanchard in the back getting interviewed about how Sean Spears is so overlooked and how he's got a history with Sting and Sting is leeching off of Darby Allin. Very, very roundabout backstage promo to say that Spears is going to face Darby Allin. I'm all good with that. Sean Spears is is getting a good match. Darby Allin's going to stay on our screen we're going to get uh, Tully Blanchard and Sting doing crazy old man things, I assume. It's fine. Pillman is in the back. He's with uh, Griff Garrison, and they're injured, and Roddy Roddy rah, and he's challenged He's challenged MJF to a match at the Arthur Ashe show, and then Max Castor comes in, cuts him off, and says, well, we're, we have a match this week on Rampage. I... I feel bad, because they spend a lot of time talking about the Pillman family tonight, and I really, really wish I cared. I care about Max Castor, because, you know, the rumor was that that guy lost his job for telling jokes as part of an entertaining television show, and that would have sucked, but it would also have been very 2021, would it not? Max Castor versus Pillman Jr. on Rampage, that's a nice, that's a nice, neat little match, along with the ladies' trios match, and finally getting uh, Andrade versus Pack. it's a nice little Friday night show we got building up there, it's really, really good, you know what else is really good? The Elite, the Elite come out, they come out, everybody except Adam Cole, so that they can then introduce Adam Cole, Adam Cole comes out, he does the boom, he does the bay bay, he then gets in Tony Schiavone's face, to basically say, stay away from my wife. <laughs> then Kenny Omega gets to the mic, talks about how he hates being interrupted, and gets interrupted by Daniel Bryan. And he and he sort of kicks all the other guys out of the ring. He says, you know, give me the room, which is basically give me the ring. And uh, he stares down Daniel Bryan. Daniel Bryan just basically says, hey, who here wants to see me take on Kenny Omega? And sort of says under his breath, it doesn't work that way. And he goes, well, I think you're scared of me. I think. uh I think you don't want this match because uh, you're not as great as you think you are type thing. They have a little bit of a slugfest. He goes down to get him into the Yes Lock, and he's beaten down like eight on one. And then he's saved by the entire, like, anti-elite faction. I guess you could say you got Kaz, you got Christian, you got Jungle Express, you've got Daniel Bra- Brian Danielson, sorry. And they fight them all off, and it's all good. The announcement is made uh, shortly after that that Adam Cole will be debuting next week against Kaz. And I'll tell you something, my old-school TNA fan in me that has been a fan of Kaz since then is really, really hyped for a Kaz match against Adam Cole, baby. A little bit of what can I say, a little bit of Impact versus NXT on AEW Dynamite, gotta love that, that swinging door, do you, do you not, I mean, he's gonna lose, like, Adam Cole's not <laughs> losing his debut, but you got, means you've got Kaz and Adam Cole, and you've got Sean Spears and Darby Allin on the same show, it's gonna make me a happy guy, you know what else makes me a happy guy, John Moxley, John Moxley doing his hometown shtick, John Moxley, who's like, Seems like he's mid-heel turn at the moment, but he still comes out to Wild Thing, and he's still sort of soaking up the hometown crowd vibe in Cincinnati. He's got the, I guess, the Cincinnati Tiger whatever stripe thing on his jacket. I don't I don't watch other sports. You guys know this. You guys are going to fill me in, whatever. Uh, about a million people tried to stick in that Welcome to the Jungle line throughout the night, so I'm assuming that's a thing in Cincinnati, and he's taking on Minoru Suzuki, who I know nothing about who kind of looks crazy and I couldn't tell you why for the life of me. You could put a gun to my head and I wouldn't be able to tell you why but he makes me think of the Bushwhackers why does he make me think of the Bushwhackers? I really really don't know these guys I don't really have much to say, there's not much to dive into here, these guys beat the ever-loving fuck out of each other, including, close to the end, Suzuki got massively bashed over the eye, and and the blood wasn't shy, shall we say, Paradigm Shift by Moxley gets the win, he takes a lot of time marching and stomping through the crowd after the match, and it was one of those things where it was a little too long, the camera lingered a little too long, you thought maybe he was getting jumped by somebody, but it wasn't, it was just a very, very long, prolonged march through his hometown crowd, after beating Monoro Suzuki, and my only my only little bit that I feel bad about here is, I don't know anything about Monoro Suzuki, I'm sure if I did, I'm sure if I knew more about their history, this match would mean more to me, but for me it's basically John Moxley, who I'm a huge fan of, in AEW, which I'm, you know, growing a fandom for, versus this outsider. And that's not... It's not because he's from over there, it's because he's not from in here. And there, there, that's, there's a difference between those two things. Um, but yeah, like, how much can I delve into these guys just hammered each other until one of them won? <laughs> I, there's not there's almost there's almost a cool thing about there not being much to analyze about it if that makes sense, so we got a lot to look forward to. We got Darby versus Spears next week we've got. Cole versus Kaz. Next week we've got the ladies trios match this Friday. We've got Mox versus Andrade this Friday. We've got Pillman versus Max Caster, so at least it's got Max Caster <laughs> in it. I hope there's going to be a good rap. I hope it's not censored for TV, and I hope my TSN stream works, because that's a thing too. Here's hoping we can get Guapo on to join us, because like I say... I'm stumbling around like an idiot tonight because I thought I was going to have a co host here to make me look good. But uh, it's all good. Real life happens, and, uh, you know, we'll get them next time. Anyways, this is my first attempt at reviewing a dynamite. Let me know what you think down in the box below. Shout out to Superdad on Twitter for all the graphics you've seen on my channel recently. Really, really good dude. And I'm going to stop rambling now because I need to go get myself a drink. I've been Spaz, your YWC reality check. Subscribe up there. Talk down there. Start a conversation. Keep all these conversations going. Don't be a stranger. I'll talk to each and every last one of you later. But for right now, I am tagging out. Bye, guys.